Welcome to another edition of the Seed Time Money Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Lodick. Hope you're having a fantastic day. I've been getting so many questions about whether or not now is a good time to invest in the stock market. So I decided to answer a whole bunch of the questions and the related questions on one of our YouTube lives that we've been doing every night in April. Linda and I are going live on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And so if you haven't joined us on any of them, please come visit us. Uh, We're answering questions and just kind of covering a timely topic with each one of them. But now I'm gonna drop you in on one of those lives that we just did the other night, talking about whether or not now is a good time to invest. So without any further ado, let's get to it. I need to get this out of the way as a disclaimer. I am not your financial advisor, and this is not financial advice for you. Everybody's situation is a little bit different. And so if you're not comfortable like making any investment decision, like go hire a financial advisor, hire a trustworthy financial advisor who can give you sound wisdom, do that. But we're going to talk about what we've done a little bit and what I'm doing, some of the decisions that I'm making. You're welcome to listen in, but this is not financial advice for you. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) I just there's so much like legal stuff with this that I just have to be really careful of how I communicate whatever I say. So. Uh, these are a few of the questions and topics we're going to talk about tonight. First off, will the markets drop further? All right, no one knows the answer to this, but I have some theories. Is now the time to exit the stock market completely and just completely sell off? Is now a good time to invest, like the title of the video? Um, we'll talk about what I'm doing with our money, the decisions I'm making, and really we're making, but I'm driving I've more of it, submitting these. it to I've her. I've delegated these decisions conversations. to yeah. Bob. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing that I do recommend absolutely that you do. We're going to talk about that. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about where I'm actually investing my money. All right. So first thing, are the markets going to drop further? Is the stock market going to drop further? Yeah. It depends on who you ask. Like you can Google this and you can find a hundred articles saying that uh, no, it's not going to drop. We're on our way back up. Everything is optimistic and great. And you can find a hundred articles saying the exact opposite. So I'm not going to claim to know the answer to so this. So it's basically whoever wants to throw their opinion. Oh yeah, out absolutely, there absolutely. Is, that's exactly what it is. And so that's it. That's all this is. My opinion is just my opinion. Another person's opinion. It doesn't really matter. No one really knows. But I am always interested to see what Warren Buffett does. So he is kind of my investing mentor. His style of investing is the way that I prefer to do it. So without getting into too deep into the different kind of approaches towards investing, there are quite a few, but the Warren Buffett method is very much a buy and hold method, meaning that he will buy a company and intend to hang on to it for 10, 20, 30 years. Like he buys really good companies with good managers or management in place that he plans on holding for a long time. As a result, like the guy does almost nothing and he's the one of the richest people in the entire world and he will go an entire year looking at stocks looking at companies and just not really do anything and occasionally make a purchase but yeah, good I mean, investing is actually really boring yeah we went to the Berkshire Hathaway what is it called the annual uh, shareholders shareholders yeah, meeting. meeting and he even made fun of himself i think on multiple occasions there was a scene of like him sitting in his office and he was like sitting there like reading a magazine. He reads like three or four <laughs> hours a day. Like anyway. Because he what, just doesn't have anything to do. Yeah. Right. The point is, is that you can be a really successful investor with very little time and it just doesn't have to be this super active thing. Like the, the whole Wall Street thing, like all the numbers flashing on the screen and day traders and whatever, like all the stuff. It's like 
You can play that game if you want, but so many of those people... Any of those people are doing as well as Warren Buffett. So, yeah, and you, you lose so much money so fast, and, and you can make some quick money too. It can happen, but most people it doesn't happen. And to be honest, like a lot more of those people, and I mean this as a joke, but it's actually not a joke, like end up commit suicide <laughs> like because they have like these massive swings. And so those are the guys who are jumping on a skyscraper windows and things. And it's like, I just I no interest in playing that game. Anyway, so I am a buy and hold investor. I'm a long-term investor. When I buy a stock, I am planning to hang on to that stock a long time. I'm not like watching it every day to see what's going on. I check my investments yearly, once a year to see how they're doing and then to evaluate. So all of that (laughs) said, this question is one that, yeah, coming back to this original question, that was a long tangent. That was a long tangent. um, This original question of, do you think the markets are going to continue to drop? Warren Buffett is currently sitting on 128 billion with a B dollars. Okay. The reason that he's sitting in cash, in cash, he's sitting on this cash because he is waiting for a good time to invest his money. And he's been waiting for years and years and years. And this guy hasn't been buying anything because everything's been overpriced and it's been inflated. And he's been waiting for things to get cheap enough and the prices to come down enough for him to spend his money. And where we are right now, even with the drop in the market, he has not really spent much money. Like he hasn't invested that cash. And again, he will tell you, like he doesn't know what's going to happen with the market. But if I'm going to take a cue from anybody, it's going to be <laughs> that guy. And I'm going to pay attention to when he starts buying, that might be the time when That's a good I indicator. might want to start buying some more stocks. So is it going to I wouldn't to drop be further? surprised if the market drops a little bit further. Given everything, the chaos that's going on in our world, all the unemployment rate, we have no idea what's going to happen the rest of this year. I just read this article today about Trump's trying to get the country back on track by May 1st. And there's a whole lot of debate within the White House and trying to figure out when that is. And that is an impossible decision I'm really glad I don't have to make. But uh If that backfires, like that's just going to make this whole thing worse. If it works, it's like maybe we start coming out of this thing and the economy starts going back up. But like there's just too many variables. And I think there's too good of a chance that the market's going to go down a good bit still. But like I said, no idea. That's just my whatever. That's your thought, your opinion. Everyone has one. Okay. Question is then, is now a good time to invest? And I kind of touched on that, but I think there's a couple of factors you need to consider here. Uh, It depends on what you need this money for and when you need it. In our case, I'm 39 years old. Um, We are not going to be retiring anytime soon. I don't need to live off this money. All the money that we're investing on is to grow, to build kind of retirement savings. So we have the option of doing that and then to be able to give away a whole bunch of money at our end of our life. Like that's kind of the purpose of us growing our income at this point. And so it's not because in three years I'm going to have to survive off this income. And if I were in that situation, I would be thinking about everything a whole lot differently. So coming back to this question, is now a good time to invest? It can be. Like at the end of the day, like I bought a couple stocks in February, early February, like right before this went down. And then, you know, within two weeks, like we had lost like 25% in a few of these stock purchases. And it's like, uh, and like right now, right now is a much better time to buy those stocks than it was when I bought it in early February. But Again, it comes down to what you need that money for and when you're going to need it. Well, and also you haven't pulled your money out from any of that because we are long-term investors. Yeah, and we're thinking long-term. And so it's not, 
yeah, I'm not freaked out by the fact that it dropped 25%. And even if it dropped 50%, because the thing that you have to remember here is that the reason it's dropping is because human beings are deciding to sell because human beings are nervous. And that is the thing you have to remember. It's not that overnight the company is 50% worse than they were. And I guess it could be that situation. Uh, but in general, so much of the price is dictated from like the way people feel about it and the fear that's happening. And so you just have to factor that into the equation. All right, um, let's move on to, so it's now time to exit the stock market completely. And this, again, comes back to what your age is. If I were five years out from retirement and I had a lot of my money tied up in stocks, which I shouldn't have if I'm five years out from retirement, because as you get closer to retirement, you want to be having it less invested in stocks and probably more invested in bonds or just more secure investments that are less likely to drop as much so that if something like this happens and you're just five years out, you won't take a huge hit that you can't get it back up within that um, five-year window. You know, Like I said, in my case, we have a much longer time frame, so um, we can ride these downs. But yes, if I were just a few years out from retirement and I still had money, a lot of money tied up in the stock market, Given the way that I feel about how this thing is, like I would probably be selling some of those stock positions and getting something a little bit more secure, you know. And this is something that I mean, even after we've lost like twenty five percent, yeah, and and that's the thing. This is where like some people won't agree with this approach, but um, but in my case, given that I think we might go down further and we were going to have to live off this money in a few years, I'd rather take the loss get it in something a little more secure to just kind of be in a little bit better position five years from now. Okay. Here's what I do recommend that you do. So let's talk about this specifically. If you don't have a Roth IRA, I would recommend setting up a Roth IRA. And again, like this is not, <laughs> this is not investment advice. Like I do say I recommend it to you, but the reality is like I shouldn't have said that because for most people, opening a Roth IRA is a good idea, but it isn't for everybody. But for most people, it is. And, and the reason being is that you can put money in there, after-tax money, and you can invest it in this account, and it can grow tax-free. And so you put your you know $5,000 in there this year, $6,000 in, and then, you know in our case, that can grow tax-free for another, what, 25 years or so. And it can just sit in that account, and then we can withdraw it without paying any taxes. And that is like really really Amazing. cool that's like something i'm still surprised that the government allows us to do it seems like a loophole that's too good to be true that we can just dump all this money in especially when we're young and just watch it grow and grow and grow and then we can cash out of that without paying taxes like that's really cool and so a normal ira on the other hand you put um, pre-tax money in and it grows and grows and grows to 100 500 a million dollars or whatever the thing is and then you pull it out and then they take the taxes out of that. And so that's a huge tax cut at that point or a tax bill that you're paying. Yeah. So that's the big advantage of a Roth IRA. So what I would recommend, in general, for most of you, and do your own homework, talk to your financial advisor, but a Roth IRA is just a really cool thing. And try to get as much money into that as early as you possibly can. Now, a couple of years ago, our business started reaching some new heights, and we were doing really great. And we kind of got out of the range where we could invest in a Roth IRA because a Roth IRA, you can only invest in it. I don't know what the uh, salary amount is at this point. Somebody in the comments might be able to throw it in there. 
But we crossed that threshold. We were making too much money to be able to contribute to the Roth IRA. Sad, but not And it's great. It was awesome (laughs) that income was doing really great. But I was also bummed that we couldn't put money into this anymore. And there's a backdoor Roth IRA way you can do it. But point is, is that, yeah, we had crossed that threshold to where we couldn't do it anymore. Now, the last couple of years, income has been a little bit lower and we've gotten under that threshold. So we've been able to contribute. But like I've been making sure I can get every dime in there to get as much money of our investment money under that Roth umbrella so it can just grow tax-free. Because when you put it in your Roth array, you don't have to invest in a specific thing. So it can sit in cash or it can sit in a money market fund or something like that. And so even if you're not going to invest in the stock market and you are going to wait a little bit, just get the money in there. Because you have a limited amount of time each year to get it invested. So you just want to get it into that account. And then whenever you decide that you want to invest that into something, then you can do that. So anyway, hope that makes sense. And I will talk a little bit about what I am doing with some of our investments at this point. And this kind of comes back to the whole point of the time frame thing, just about where we are and what we need our money for. And most of our money that we have invested at this point, uh, I'm just not looking. We're not going to be taking it out at any point We do have some investments that we want to kind of buy a business with or use for like real estate, kind of a business at some point. So like that, I'm a little bit kind of getting to that point where it's like, all right, do I want to take the risk on this? Because I kind of want to use this money within the next five years and kind of thinking through those types of things. So those are some of the decisions that we're making based on, again, my belief of what may or may not be true, that I think the market is going to continue to drop a little bit. And that's the thing, like, and this is just general advice about investing yourself or working with a financial advisor. Like, you have to be the one who's making this decision. So even if you work with a financial advisor, if he suggests something, like, you have to make the decision. It has to be on you because you are the one who has to sleep with it. You are the one who has to be okay when it doesn't go right. And if somebody else says, hey, here's what you should do with your money, and then that doesn't work, like, you're going to be really angry. So you have to be on the same page with your financial advisor if they're suggesting something. And and it's the same way with the decisions that you make with what you buy. Like you have to have your own personal convictions about why you're doing this, the reasons for it, just so that even if you're wrong, it's okay. Like you're learning a lesson, but you are the one who's to blame. (laughs) You know, you have to be able to take personal responsibility for that. And it just works out better when you do it that way. So that's my advice to you that whether you have an advisor or not, or whether you're doing this independently, don't just do something because you watch somebody in a video like me say something, or you read this stock tip over here, like do your homework and know why you're making the decision you're making. And honestly, I would recommend taking notes too. This is something I've done for a long time. Just kind of take notes of why I'm making this investment decision and just seeing what works and what doesn't. And what what have I done over the years that have been smart and would have been stupid and would have cost me a lot of money. All that to say, what we're doing with our investments, it's based on the beliefs that I have that very well could be wrong, but I have to go off of that. I can't go off of someone else's belief that the stock market's just going to keep going up and up if I just don't, I'm not convinced of that. You know what I mean? I can't make an investment decision off of that. And so that's why we're doing some of these things. And that's why uh, I'm yeah reevaluating some stuff and pulling some stuff out just on the off chance that I am right and then it goes down a little bit more, if that makes sense. We'll get to some of these questions in just a few minutes. I want to, because this is another question I get asked all the time, so I just want to talk real quick about where we are investing, the different platforms we're using. Um, I'm not going to go into the actual investments at this point. That is something I'm 
considering doing, yeah, if anybody is interested in that, I'm considering doing something like that where I'm actually sharing our entire portfolio and and sharing when we're buying things and when we're selling things. I'd be open to that if there's enough interest in it. But anyway, so at this point, I'm not going to be, but I will share where we're investing it. So the first place is M1 Finance. This is kind of a fairly new online broker, but there's a couple of reasons I absolutely love them. Number one, they're 100% free. You can buy and sell stocks as much as you want. There's no fees. Like, that's cool. And it's becoming more and more common. You know, a few years ago, it was like almost impossible to find like a free online broker. And um, in most of them, well... They've just gotten better. They've just gotten better. And M1 is really cool with that. It's pretty um, simple, easy to use platform. And then they also allow you to buy partial shares of stock, which... Oh, yeah, that's nice. Again, is really cool because, you know, Amazon stock, I don't know what it is, like around 2000 bucks or something. And so if you don't have 2000 bucks, you can't buy it. Or Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett stock, I don't even know what it is, but it's over $100,000. Um, $100,000 to buy a share. That's the A share. The B shares are cheaper, but... Um, and I think we have we have some B shares. I don't know how many or whatever. But anyway, point is, is that uh, M1, <laughs> yeah, M1 <laughs> allows you to buy partial shares. So it's just a really nice way for particularly smaller investors to get invested in some stocks that they otherwise might not be able to. And most brokers will not allow you to do that. So. They're completely free. I love them. So that's one of the things I like them. We have a video. I'll have all these links, everything we're talking about down in the description below. I have video reviews for a handful of these as well. So that's where we have a good amount of our money invested. We have some at E-Trade. We have, I think, your Roth IRAs at E-Trade, which was at Trade King, um, was at uh, wait, Share Bill. I don't even know. Like all these, these online brokers buy each other like every year. And so it's been at like three or four different places. And it just... <laughs> Finally These ended up at E-Trade. And so E-Trade's a pretty good online broker. They have a lot of stuff going for them. Um, yeah, they're very big and well-respected and whatever. And they buy up all the smaller ones, I guess. Uh, the other thing, we have some money invested at Acorns, which is um, Acorns, you can't buy any stocks. You really don't have any control over the investments. Very limited control over what you can actually invest in. But the reason I like them is is the simplest way to get started investing for a new investor with mm. no money, honestly. Because, You've done a full review of them. Yeah, too, we've right? we've done a video or two about them actually. And basically it's the roundup principle. So you go to the store and you spend four dollars and fifty-three cents on something, and what acorns will do is take that uh forty-seven cents and basically round it from 453 up to five dollars and take that forty-seven cent difference and invest it for yes. you. And and so you're just investing the pennies or whatever, the small change from each purchase that you make. And that just adds up over the course of the month and you barely even feel it. You know, in many cases, people don't feel it at all. But that money's just going to be invested for you. They invest in Vanguard funds, which are really great, super low cost ETFs. And so I just like them for new investors who just want to get something in the game and who don't have a lot of money to get started investing. It's really simple for that. Or maybe don't know where to start either. Yeah. Right? In Vanguard, like the funds that they invest in are just very solid, sound funds. Yeah. And I'll just say this for anybody who's like completely new with this. Like you have to understand that when you are investing money, you can lose money. Like I, I am blown away at how many people don't get this. And it's like, and it's fine if you're just learning. But when you're investing money, like there is no guarantee. There is absolutely no guarantee. And so if you're buying an index fund, 
uh, in general, index fund or ETF, this is basically like a grouping of a whole bunch of stocks or other things, other investments kind of rolled up together. And because there's that big diversification, it's a little bit more of a secure, safe investment versus a, in general, a stock, a single stock, because a single stock can go down to zero. I've had it happen, I think, two different investments now at this point. Um, and the upside potential might not be as good with an index fund or ETF, but the downside is limited as well. So basically kind of one-on-one investing stuff there. All right, next on the list is Fundrise. And this is, uh, I did a review about this a bit. We had a rental house, our old house, when we moved out of St. Louis, we kept it as a rental house, rented it out. And then we had some money invested in Fundrise. And Fundrise is a 100% passive real estate investment. So you invest money there, and then real estate investors go and invest it for you and make you money. You don't have to do anything. And I compared these two, my Fundrise account and our rental property, (laughs) And Fundrise beat our rental property. There you go. Now, you know, and to be completely fair, like we didn't pick this house because it was the best rental property. Yeah, it was, it was our just, house. It was just our house. And it so was our house and we it was just easy to turn it, it into a rental property. You know, and we could have sold that and found a better property and probably beat Fundrise's returns, but that would have required a lot of work. It would require work that we and didn't have yeah, time and, to do. Yeah, right? and with Fundrise being 100% passive, it's like that's not something I want to spend time on at this point. So I, yeah, I just sold that and we put more money into Fundrise just because it beat it. So anyway, we have that review. You can just go to YouTube and search for Fundrise and Seed Time. You can look at that. But again, that link, all these links are down in the description. And then the other place we have some money is at Coinbase, which is a cryptocurrency site where you can buy cryptocurrency. I have a little bit of cryptocurrency and not necessarily... But that's not necessarily an investment, is it? Well... Or is it? I mean, it's where our money is. I mean, it depends. I mean, some people view it as an investment. I, I didn't purchase it with the hopes of making money from it. I hope I invested more in it as a hedge in which... What's it's been a hedge again? Just protection against things going down. Gold is generally a good hedge because it holds okay. its value really well. And so that's been an interesting kind of thing because I bought this, you know, earlier this year before all the stuff happened. And in the cryptocurrency market dropped pretty considerably during this whole thing, just like the stock market. I was not expecting that. And I don't know if, I, if many people were, but it did. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, all right, well, maybe that wasn't as good of a hedge as I was thinking. But I, I read a couple articles about this just saying that even though it did drop that much, that... The cryptocurrency thing, it's still getting its legs, and there's a lot of reasons to believe that, I don't know, it could be a decent hedge as things progress. All right, well, I hope you found that helpful, and if you did, as always, if you wouldn't mind reaching out to us, letting us know, sharing this with a friend, any of the above, and if you're not following us on Instagram, head over there at Seed Time, join us over there. We're doing all these lives every night, and we'd love to have you join us. So that's all for today. Be blessed, be blessing, and we'll see you soon.